Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your Holy Word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. All right, quick show of hands. How many of you were cold this morning when you left your house? It's pretty cold outside. So I'm going to assume that the answer to this next question is going to be pretty high in the affirmative. How many of you drove here in a car of some sort or rode here in a car of some sort this morning? That's what I figured. Not very many people were walking when it's nine degrees outside. Now, believe it or not, when you drive down the road, there are rules that you're supposed to follow. Now, I know driving around town, it doesn't always seem like there are rules, but there are some rules. And recently, Nationwide Insurance gathered some of the weirdest traffic laws from around the country. And these are all true laws that are still on the books. And just remember, most of these laws were written because something happened that someone thought there needed to be a law. So try to imagine what in the world happened that somebody would write a law about this. But in the state of Alabama, it is still illegal to drive while blindfolded. <laughs> I mean, someone tried it. In the state of Alaska, it is illegal to tie a dog to your car roof. In Arkansas, don't honk your horn anywhere that serves cold drinks or sandwiches after 9 p.m. In the state of Colorado, it's illegal to drive a black car on a Sunday in Denver. Very, very specific. In the state of Idaho, anyone over the age of 88 is forbidden to ride a motorcycle in the city of Idaho Falls. In Louisiana, a woman's husband is required by law to wave a flag, to wave a flag in front of her car before she can drive it. I don't even want to ask. In the state of Massachusetts, you cannot drive with a gorilla in your back seat. In Ohio, it is illegal to run out of gas in Youngstown. It's also a pretty good idea as well. But yes, it's illegal to run out of gas in Youngstown. And in Virginia, Women are prohibited from driving a car on Main Street unless her husband is walking in front of the car waving a red flag. <laughs> well, you know, traffic laws in Jesus' day were a whole lot less stringent and weird since, well, most people of the poorer classes traveled by foot. Now, as, of course, did sheep and goats and pretty much everybody, by the way. And Jesus may have walked thousands of miles in his lifetime, 
all without ever honking a horn or making a left turn on red. But as he traveled, he began to define a, a different set of rules for those who would follow him on those ancient roads and for those of us who would follow him today. The story we read in today's lesson from the Gospel of John illustrates that Jesus' rules of the road are, are, are timeless and, and vitally important if we're going to stay on the right track as his disciples. The story this morning opens with Jesus on the road from the place of his baptism, likely on the Jordan River near the Dead Sea, back to Galilee, his, his home territory. The road running along the Jordan was uh, the main north-south route through the region, and, and as Jesus and, and his people would have, have traversed that many, many times, as they went from Jerusalem back to the Galilee for various Jewish religious festivals. And having been baptized by John and, and, and commissioned for his mission, Jesus traveled north with Andrew and, and Simon Peter, his, his first two disciples in tow. And you know, even though that the Galilee was his final destination, we know that, that Jesus had a much longer journey in mind. In the town of Bethsaida, the hometown of, of Andrew and Peter, Jesus encounters two men to whom he will also teach the rules of the road. Three rules, in fact, to which everyone since has been compelled to adhere to if they too are going to become disciples of Jesus. The first rule is to follow. The first thing that Jesus asks his disciples and us to do is to follow him. To be a disciple of Jesus is to leave the route you were on and to take a narrow one-way road behind him. See, too often... We've defined the rules of Christian faith, I think, in terms of what we believe about Jesus instead of focusing on actually following him and doing as he does. James 2.26 says this, So then, as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without actions is dead. Those who might interpret the teachings of Jesus are, 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 are seen as sometimes enemies, or I should say those who interpret Jesus' teachings differently than us, are sometimes seen as enemies rather than fellow travelers on the path toward righteousness through Christ. And what I say I believe about Jesus or about certain social issues becomes more important than what I'm actually doing. But see, my friends, when we are called to follow Jesus, we are called to do as Jesus does. We are called to follow Jesus and to live as Jesus lives. 
I love this quote from Henry Nouwen. He says, following Jesus means to let go of the eye and to move toward the other. Following Jesus means to dare to move out of ourselves and to slowly let go of building ourselves up. In other words, we are called to follow Jesus. We are called to get up and to go and to do as Jesus does. And it's not about... uh, uh, Doing it to build ourselves up. It's about doing as Jesus would do for the betterment of his kingdom. The second thing that Jesus calls us to do is to come. Philip tells his friend Nathaniel about Jesus, right? Philip meets Jesus. He is inspired by Jesus. He is sure that Jesus is sent by God and is the Messiah, the one they have been waiting for. And Philip runs and he tells Nathaniel about Jesus, but Nathaniel is skeptical. Have you ever had a friend like that who is super excited about something and you're just thinking to yourself, really? And Philip, he runs to Nathaniel and he goes, Nathaniel, you've got to come meet Jesus. Jesus is He's the Messiah. I know he is. You should hear his teachings. I've never heard anybody teach. He he heals in the name of God. You've got to come meet Jesus. And Nathaniel goes, well, where's this Jesus from? I never even heard of this guy. And he goes, oh, he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel, who's from that area, goes, seriously, he's from Nazareth? Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Have you been to Nazareth? And Philip looks at Nathaniel, and he knows that he's skeptical. And he just says three words, come and see. Come and see. My friends, how often do we tell someone to come and see Jesus? Come and see Jesus. See, if you're like me, sometimes I think I have to sell Jesus to people, right? You want to come meet Jesus. Why? Well, because Jesus, he is super cool, right? And you try to make Jesus, you know, into some hipster and like, you know, skinny jeans and, you know, some ironic t-shirt or something. Or you try to make Jesus into something that they want, Right? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, you know, he is this or he is that. Instead of simply saying, come and see. And you too will experience the power of Jesus. You too will will know that Jesus is the Messiah. And through him, your sins can be forgiven. Through him, new life can be had. Through him, life will never be the same. My friends, one of the key rules of the road for being a disciple of Jesus is having a desire to invite someone to come and see. Who can you invite to come and see Jesus? And remember, it's not about selling Jesus. It's about inviting somebody to experience Jesus for themselves. Because Jesus doesn't need sold. Jesus Jesus is all he needs to be. 
We aren't to sell Jesus. We are to invite people to a life-changing experience with him. The final thing that we are to do, the final rule of the road of following Jesus is to see. See, Nathaniel, he, he was amazed when he finally did meet Jesus because Jesus knew him. Can you imagine that? Here's a guy you have never met, and he comes up, and he knew Nathaniel. He knew everything about him. He knew him in a deep and personal way. And Nathaniel was blown away. But the cool thing was is Nathaniel hadn't seen anything yet. My friends, following Jesus, following Jesus is a ticket to a wild ride with many twists and turns. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, time, you know this to be true. Those who accept the challenge of following Jesus and the invitation to come and see have the potential to do things that Jesus did. Yet many Christians, I think, are, are content with doing only the minimum of, of just following the rules that are the easiest to obey and, and, and taking only the roads that are clearly marked and safe and, and smoothly traveled. But if we dare to follow Jesus every place he goes, we can see amazing things. We can see lives transformed. We can see new life being brought out of dead spaces. We can know Jesus in a deep and profound way if we just follow him. But following Jesus is something we must do. We must go and we must see for ourselves. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Follow him where he leads, even if it's someplace uncomfortable, someplace inconvenient, someplace you don't want to go. My friends, there are many rules to the road. There are many rules to following Jesus. But the three that we need to follow, that we need to remember this day, is to come, to follow, and to see. Let us remember that as we hear Christ's invitation in our lives. Let us pray. Lord, help us to know the rules of the road. You call us to follow, to imitate you in our life, and our being. You call us to come and to see. Lord, we want to experience your love for ourselves this day. And as we partake in Holy Communion, help that to occur. Help us to feel your love this day through your Holy Sacrament. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.